Polo to the float out. You already know though. It's Adamville for real. You see your hoes just take photo. I'm prepping that on photo with a fofo on your brodo. Go that dodo. Stop the eager. I'm a player for some dodo. Also Allen Temple, also England Manor, also Misty Valley, and I got a couple pounds yesterday out of Cali. And my bad bitch from the valley bought me brand new ballots. And I'm playing with a no American dream, dusty roll. Man, she been riding clean since her daddy wrote on bowl. I done fucked up in every hole, telling every hole. I ain't fucked up with my wife, but if she meet her, might be a go. Yo, 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 it's your man Castro X coming at you live and direct doing the motherfucking thing as i do every day uh technical difficulty baby we working on getting the studio man in due time you ain't gonna hear my speakers you ain't gonna hear none of that it's gonna be clean and to perfection uh crisp and all of that good shit but uh here we go with the with all due respect podcast man i got a guest in the studio today with me it's two two in the afternoon uh your man is always at a lack of sleep my guest today is Miss Bethany, uh, a friend of mine. She's a real kind lady, uh, unique personality. Uh, that's a reoccurring theme on the show, man. If you ain't out the box, I probably won't bring you on the show, man. I prefer, uh, you know, special people, unique people, people that are uh, out of this universe, uh, per se. Uh, so she has some things she want to talk about today welcome to the show bethany how you doing i'm good i'm pretty tired i took a nap before i came in so you know it is what it is but i'm here um i've been thinking about this ever since i messaged you the other day i've been like oh i'm ready to talk but i've also been like a little nervous so you know it is what it is (laughs) but thank uh, you for having me no problem it's real laid back here doesn't have any pressure (laughs) yeah half of the shows are about licking butthole and (laughs) bullshit so you know what i'm saying there's never pressure on my show just be yourself be free be happy yeah um give them a little background i met bethany where i've met a couple of my uh guests here lately you know what i'm saying uh at a lorica you know what i mean the old yeah. job you feel me yeah. Uh, yeah i was uh whenever i met him i was kind of it was kind of an odd situation because i was helping with training but at the same time like it was i wasn't officially a trainer or anything and i just kind of came in and was like hey i'm here like i'm helping but <laughs> it was it, it was like pretty fun though like i enjoyed doing it you did wonderful yeah at uh and that's, I mean, do you just naturally, like, retain knowledge well? Because, I mean, that's what you were. You were the, uh, like, a knowledge I thing. was, yeah, basically, like, I was the subject matter expert. So, basically, I would go around and help people out and stuff like that. Um, I would say that, like, it just depends on the topic, really. Like, some stuff I can retain, but other stuff I can't. Like, even now, I haven't worked at the Lorca for, what, three months? And I still know, like, oh, almost everything. No, I haven't worked there for almost three months. Like, I just, like... Did eh. you quit? Yeah, like, straight up. I got like, fired like an idiot. What? <laughs> what did you do? Bro, you're gonna be ashamed of me. Oh, no. I was hanging up on 
clicking on customers with async. Of course, of I got course. Tired. I hate async. I hate it. I, I love being on the phone. I can't blame you though. Like I, I can't fully so blame ass. you. <laughs> I really disliked it, but anyway, so that's a little background. Uh, a little bit more background on Bethany before we get into it, into the nasty shit, the real shit, the best <laughs> shit, the truth. Uh, Bethany has experience in Broadway. She's an actress of sorts. Correct. I wouldn't say Broadway necessarily, but I do have acting history with like. So you gonna have musicals. to break it. You gonna have to break it down. Like, so <laughs> for me, you know, what I'm, saying? I'm just a motherfucker that views a movie. Yeah. So I, I think anybody <laughs> that does something on stage is Broadway. I'm a stage actress. I, like I wouldn't say Broadway. That's one of my goals. Hopefully someday, maybe be going on Broadway. But I'm a stage actress. Have done musicals, and I also work at Hex House seasonally. So right. yeah, just promoting that out there a little bit real quick. You know. I, uh, you, if you guys have been to Hex House, um, you probably have seen me as the crazy nurse uh, that is around the end of the zombie maze. And if I have scared you, you're welcome. <laughs> and that's out here in Tulsa. I got a friend that works there, man. He's a really big dude. I don't know if he's there still, but he worked there uh, last year. Was when Jesse? I went. Is his name Jesse? He's a big old white dude, though. He used to have long hair. And then I thought his it. name was James. James, James Johnston. James Johnston. Big yeah, that's dude. what it is. Yeah. yeah, I struggle with names. That's a thing. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, you made me question his name. So, I, mean, I suck at it too. You know what I'm saying? We used to work together. But uh, what's been up, little lady? Talk to me. Um. Well, I did quit Alorca, which you just found out. I mm. thought you knew. I thought everybody knew, but it is what it is. Um. I ended up quitting because I was just like, it got to be real. Like this is gonna be a real talk episode, just for everybody's like discretion. Like we're gonna get into some real shit, so just be prepared. But uh, no, so I so it kind of was like burnout, a mix of burnout, and also my mental health was just kind of getting bad. Um, because once I stopped helping with training, it just kind of like was soul crushing for me, kind of because it was something that I just enjoyed so much, and they just took it away from me, and I was like, whatever. And so then everything happened where we were working from home. It just wasn't the same to me. And I burnt out from it, and then I was, like, forcing myself to continue working because I was like, well, maybe if I just keep working, I'll get through it, you know? Like, maybe if I just put it all aside, I'll keep getting through it. But I just kept going and going, and eventually I was just like, I can't do this anymore. And so I ended up quitting at Alorca, and whenever I quit, um, that's whenever I actually decided to get myself back in therapy. So I haven't started therapy quite yet. I'm wait. I'm I'm on a wait list for a therapist, but they did go ahead and get me like a psychiatrist and like a caseworker and stuff like that. So I have somewhat of like a team around that area. I think that's good. Yeah. So I started doing that because I was just to the point to where I was just so like frazzled by everything. Because for the last two years, if you think about it, I had been going and going and going and putting my personal life aside so that way I could continue working. Um, cause I don't know if you know, but there was a point in time whenever I first became like floor support or whatever, I was just on the go constantly. Did not have any days off. I did not have a personal life because of my schedule was like I would work 2.30 to 11 on Friday and then come in the next day on Saturday morning at 6 a.m. and mm. work until whenever. So it was like just burnout after burnout for me. And Are you naturally an on the uh, go, go, go kind of human? Yeah, like I would say... Pretty much, I've always been very hyperactive and always been, like, whenever I was working, um, I would I would have kind of that drive whenever it came to working. Like, I would just go and go and go and keep going until finally I couldn't go anymore. And then I'd try to 
keep going just a little bit more after that, but it just wouldn't ever work out for me. So you get a lot done like that, uh, but there's always that point. Where yeah. It's like, fuck, what have I been doing? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> taking that time for yourself, uh, as I'm sure you either know or are definitely learning, uh, man, is super important, which uh, is definitely going to lead into what we're getting into today. Yeah. So, there's uh, like a, I feel like there's such a huge stigma around working, but a lot of people, like, at least for me, this is just my viewpoint, like, if somebody else has a different opinion, you know, it is what it is, but it's like, there's such a huge stigma around whenever people who are mentally ill and have all of this stuff are working, like, a job that's such high stress, as such as a Lorca, because it is pretty high stress if you think about it, because you're dealing with people's money, you're dealing with... They get intense, and those customers are vicious. like... It, it can get so emotionally and mentally draining and people have such a stigma around it because they, the capitalism and everything. I think you were talking about that in one of your previous podcasts, capitalism runs everything. And if we aren't being productive and working, then we tend to feel useless. But like it, that's the stigma that I kind of want to break. You know, what really upsets me about that whole thing as well. We're giving eight, nine, 10 hours, 12 hours a day of our time, our personal time, mm-hmm. our us time, when we could be spending it with us. I feel like if we spent it with us, focusing on us, doing things that we enjoyed, depression and all of that would possibly go down because we're doing things. We're not going to a job that's not not benefiting us other mm-hmm. than putting some money in our pocket. And you it's know? like, it's like for jobs and working a job, you have the big man, you have the big big man, and then you have us little guys down at the bottom who are just trying to live and. You barely get enough money to survive. Right. Whenever you are off work, you barely have enough time for yourself. Those two days that you're off work go by fast. They go by fast as fuck. Mm. I just remember whenever I was working full time and put in all those hours, I'd have my my two days off, and then all of a sudden I blink and it's gone. I'm like, well, shit, I got to go back to work today. (laughs) Like, and so it's just like a lot, like, you know, for the people who do like to work and stuff like that, and they are able to balance it, like, that's wonderful. I'm not going to, I'm not shaming them, because if that's the lifestyle that works for them, that's what works for them. But for people with mental illness and everything like that, like depression, anxiety, bipolar, whatever it might be, it's not that easy for people. And so how does that affect a person? I mean, I go through my little spouse of depression mm-hmm. and things like that, but you know what I'm saying? Uh, I feel like you definitely... Uh, go through it on a heavier level than uh, <laughs> me. Uh, how does that affect somebody? You know what I'm saying? Um, in, in your case. Yeah. So I just recently got the diagnosis for both PTSD and bipolar type one. Um, there's two types of bipolar. So there's type one and there's type two, which I don't necessarily know all of the differences because I'm still kind of learning myself. Mm. Um, but for, for my case personally, it can be different person to person, but for my case personally um, with bipolar, I go through, so you have regular depression, so here's regular depression. Which sucks. And then you have bipolar depression. Which I imagine sucks. It's like way down there, like way down there. And just like as an example, I mean, I'm just now getting out of, (laughs) I'm just, (laughs) I'm just now kind of getting out of a rough spot that I was in, which I think I mentioned to you vaguely, where I was just so like low because I had started a new medicine and it just turned off all of my happy emotions. All my happy chemicals went bye-bye. Are you currently uh, doing meds? Uh, I'm on gabapentin, which is kind of, they said 
So with gabapentin, it's actually used to treat seizures and like nerve pain and stuff like that. So it kind of focuses on the nervous system more say. However, my doctor said it also is good for people with bipolar type one because it can kind of help stabilize the moods. So for me personally, you know, I get the bipolar depression, which leaves me down, like down dirty, like I'm just not doing good and I have to pull myself through it. But then I get the manic highs. So, you know, you have hyper episodes. People get hyper. It happens. You, you get really hyper. You're up here. But whenever you're manic, it's like all the way through the roof. Like you're bouncing and you're going and you keep going and you can't stop going. You end up blowing all of your money. And it's like a mess. Like because you can barely sleep. You can barely do anything except just keep going, keep going. So are these ups for you super happy or are you just up? It's kind of like, um, it, so they describe it and kind of how I would describe it is like you're high on like an upper kind of, that's okay. kind of the feeling of it. So for me, it would be like, I'm just going, I'm all over the place. I have so many different ideas. I want to spend all of my money because I just, everything I see, oh, I need that. I need that. But then I don't need it. You know, like it's like, oh, I need this. I'm going to buy it. But then I don't ever use it because it's just, it was an idea that I had and it went out the window. And then like frenzied speaking, always speaking very fast, and just, it's it's so complex, like, I can't give it justice with just saying it like that, but it's like, you can barely sleep, because I think one of my worst manic episodes, I slept maybe 10 hours a week, mm. just in one week, and then, like, whenever I'd wake up, I wasn't tired, I was just going, and then that crash, whenever you come down from it, you're just down, you're down again, um, and then whenever you're just, like, in the middle zone where you're not manic and you're not depressive necessarily you're just kind of there but you're also there's mood swings that come with everything with depression so whether i'm manic or depressive i'm getting those mood swings and they're intense mood swings i can go from happy to sad to i'm angry now to okay i'm okay again within like an hour span sometimes mm. like it's like that and there's such a stigma around people being bipolar i feel like because they hear bipolar and they instantly think of the mood swings oh yeah, bipolar, mood swings, whatever, which it is a part of depression, but then they don't realize the mania that comes with it. They don't realize the depression and like everything else that comes with it. Because with bipolar depression, you also get very guilty. You feel very, very guilty, like excessively to the point it's like crippling. You get very bad anxiety. You just feel like nothing is ever going to get better. But in the back of your head, you kind of know that's going to get better. But, like, you know, it's like you're, it's impossible in that mm. moment. What do you, uh, if you don't mind me asking, mm -hmm. what do you feel guilty about? It could be anything, honestly. But a lot of mine personally stems around social interactions, which has kind of gotten better. Um, but for me personally, it'd be like social interactions. So, for instance, as soon as I'm done hanging out with somebody, I get out there. And it's kind of more anxiety, I feel like. But it's also depression. I'll go into an analogy about it in a minute. Um, but... So, I, like, as soon as I'm done and I'm, like, home or whatever, I'm like, oh, my gosh, what if I did this wrong? What if I did that wrong? What if I said this and it hurt their feelings and all of a sudden they hate me now? Like, mm. it's just, like, thoughts like that. Um, it can be literally anything. Like, I just feel guilty about it. Oh, I didn't do this. I didn't call this person back today. Oh, my gosh, they hate me. Like, it's just things like that. Um, and so, like, I've gotten better about it. Like, not necessarily feeling as bad about social interactions, but every now and again it's like, you know comes back and I'm like no stop but um one thing that I heard I can't remember where I heard it I think it was on TikTok um you and so, Alicia yeah 
Are you still making TikTok videos? Not really, no. Like, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll dig around on it every now and again and just make, like, a little, like, video that doesn't really have any meaning, but, like, not. How'd that make you feel when you were doing that? It was okay. I just felt like I wasn't in my element. Like, I was trying too hard to be somebody that I wasn't. Like, mm. you know, I was just pushing it and trying to be somebody else to get clout or whatever. And, like, you clout. know, you know... Like, I was just trying to fit the social norm or whatever. I liked your videos. Yeah, like, it was okay, like, but at the same time, it was just awkward because I just felt like I wasn't being me. Um, but, yeah, so I saw TikTok, and it was it said to distinct between anxiety and depression because sometimes you can mix the two up. Depression is more so if you're thinking of things in the past. You're stuck more in the past. Mm-hmm. You're thinking about all of these past interactions, everything that's happened, what can I change about the past, you know, things like that. That's more so depression, whereas anxiety, you're thinking about what's going to happen in the future. What's going to happen in the future? How can I do this? How can I do that? And so in order to kind of balance it out, you it's so hard to pull yourself into the present moment, especially with mental illness. But once you kind of pull yourself into the present moment, the depression, anxiety kind of shut up for a second because you're in the moment, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's kind of like what I've seen on it. But yeah. How common do you think this is? Uh, like I said, I feel like I suffer from, uh, just because I'm tough on myself, I feel like I suffer from a minute form of mm-hmm. depression and anxiety. And I'm probably being very uh, light on myself, but <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I got to um, I feel like it's actually more common than a lot of people think. I do as well. There's such a, I'm trying to think of the proper word. I wouldn't say, there is a stigma um, around mental health, but there is such a, um, what is it, spectrum on depression and anxiety because there's different types of depression there's different levels to it someone else's depression might not be as severe as yours and yours might not be as severe as somebody else like you know what I mean and so there's like it's more common than people think because it's varying levels of it and so whenever you know because because people also with the stigma around it because they feel like they aren't allowed to be mentally ill they aren't allowed to show it which you know don't let it you, but. Don't let it ruin your fucking day and those around you. Mm-hmm. But um, I do feel like, and then you you completely segued me into mm-hmm. what I was gonna ask yeah. is, I mean, and mention I I feel like it's something that we should be able to talk about. We should be comfortably mm-hmm. t- discussing this on a day to day basis with people. If we're going through it, you need to be able to ask for help. Yeah, you know what I mean. That was one of the hardest things for me personally, and I know a lot of other people struggle with it, is asking for help mm-hmm. because. In my head, and I'm sure other people's heads, they like whoever might hear this probably will be like, "Oh my gosh, that's so me." But like, whenever you think of asking for help, you think you're gonna be a burden on somebody because you don't want to ruin their day, you don't want to ruin how they're feeling or anything with how you're feeling. You know what I mean? Mm. You don't want to go to them and be like, "I'm really depressed and struggling right now, and I need help," and then feel you know like you're being a burden or whatever. That's personally what my problem was. And once I finally got past that, and my support system, they're they're so good about making sure that I don't feel guilty about it because they'll give me that reassurance. Oh, you're not bothering us. Who's your support system? Is it the the therapist and stuff? Like that? Do you have a group of friends that are like? So I have back? my mom. My okay. mom is a big person in my support system because she's the person I live with. Um, I live with my mom and my dad, but my mom is the one who has been like supportive of me with my mental health the most. I feel like, so I have my mom. Um, and then I also have my friend Jamie. My friend Jamie is in my support system. My friend Megan is in my support system. Um, and then I have my online friends. So I have friends online who also 
are in my support system. And I know that sometimes it sounds silly to some people, but for me, it doesn't matter about the distance between somebody. If you connect with somebody online and you just have that soul connection with them, right. then that's your people, you know? I've got friends in Indonesia that I've never met. Yeah. Thailand that I've never met. But yeah. that's just because I'm weird and obsessed with Asian culture. But <laughs> you make your friends where you make your friends. Yeah, you know like I, I mean? have friends literally everywhere. Like I have friends in New Zealand. One of my support system friends is another, he's a man named Jamie. He's about 25 or so. He lives in New Zealand. Um, and he also struggles with bipolar and everything. And so he understands me on a more personal level. And he knows how to kind of help me out whenever I'm going through some episodes. Um, so anytime I'm, like, feeling a certain type of way, like, he'll be able to help me out with that. Um, I have my friends in Finland, Kata. I've sh- I'm sure I've told you about her before, my girlfriend. Mm. Um, I've talked to her. Uh, she's very good about making sure that I feel comfortable and everything. Um, and then I also have friends that here in America that are in my support system. So it's just all over really, but I have, so I'm, I'm thankful that I do have those people because some people just don't have that support system. And that's what I was going to ask you. Um, what would you say for those that don't have a support system? How could they go about making a support system? The first step, yeah, the first step to actually building a support system is admitting your pain. That is one of the biggest things for people. Is that admitting it to self? Admitting it to yourself is the first step, to be honest with you, because a lot of people, myself included, I was going in denial. I was like, no, I'm not depressed. I'm fine. This is fine. Like, I'm going to get through it. It's just a, you know, whatever. But finally, I had to stop and admit, no, I'm actually hurting. Something bigger is going on. And um, so once you admit it to yourself and you start to process it and you feel like you're Because, okay, so I saw this quote. I'm going to pull it up really quick. I was listening to Gabby Rivera's um, Joy Revolution podcast the other day, and she was talking to her therapist on it. And her therapist said something that just really resonated with me, and it said, you have to feel to heal. You have to feel it in order to heal from it. And I feel like Alicia, she's mentioned stuff like that to me before. Don't Don't get over it, get through it. You have to feel it in order to get over it instead of just scooping it to the side and being like, no, it's not there. I do feel that's very important. Uh, I've talked about similar things to that degree uh, in the sense of you've got to be able to, you've got to be aware of what's going on within Mm -hmm. yourself um, in order to, to grow past it. You know what I mean? You don't necessarily have to remain in that Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying but you gotta be able to sit down okay this is what i'm going through Mm -hmm. uh i feel this i accept this now i'm going to choose to Mm -hmm. move on you have two choices whenever you finally accept how you're feeling you can either a let it cripple you and let it just get you down or b you can choose to turn it into something more positive you can Mm. choose to get better get help and a lot of people whenever they feel depressed and like this was one of the biggest things that I had to learn personally is it's okay to feel depressed it's okay to not be okay like if you if all you did today was wake up congrats you woke up at least you got you were able to open up your eyes go get something to drink maybe you know you were still there and you were still alive that day Mm. that's a big accomplishment for some people and so it's the little things like that you know takes a lot of effort to get up. Yeah, like sometimes, especially whenever you're depressed, because it can be just so hard because you're, it's, a lot of people don't realize that sometimes it's just too hard to get out of bed because you're just so 
stuck in your head, you know? I can, I definitely understand. When I lost the uh, job at Alorica mm-hmm. recent, I mean, I stayed right here in this bed for a good couple of days, mm-hmm. just moping, you know what I'm saying, in my own shit. And, and sometimes that's what you just need to do. Sometimes you just need to give yourself that time mm. to process it. And if all you did was just lay in bed and watch Netflix or something, just trying to get through it, that's what you did to get through it, you know? Because here you are today, and you're up, and you're doing whatever you're doing. You got your podcast going. Mm. Like, you chose to take the better road, in a sense. Does that make does that make no, any sense? No, complete Okay, sense. so instead of, you know, oh, I'm just going to sit here and mope about it for the next month. What, what can I do to get better? I'm going to go get a job. I'm going to go look for new jobs. I'm going to do this. I'm going to make my podcast. I'm going to keep doing this. I'm going to write a show, like stuff like that. So instead of just moping, because you need to give yourself time to process it. One of the things that somebody told me whenever I was in high school, because I was going through it in high school too, um, my chemistry teacher, he told me, he said, allow yourself at least one day to really just get it out. Whatever the fuck you're feeling, just get it out. Cry about it. Scream. Do whatever. Don't hurt yourself. Don't hurt somebody else, but get it out however you can. Mm. Once you get that out after that day, you have to keep going. You have to force yourself out of the bed. You have to keep on going. Get up. Get going. Sometimes that search for something, uh, you know what I mean, positive is what you need, though. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? That, oh, I guess I need to find a job. Just feeling feeling that little emptiness that you feel into yourself mm-hmm. uh i mean correct me if i'm wrong tell me what you think what you feel i feel like you're more of an expert on the matter I'm <laughs> so i mean i'm not licensed therapist or anything but like i just have seen i've personally experienced it and like i've had so many other people around me experience it so i've just kind of got like my own little bubble on it if that mm. makes sense um you've but, got your experience yeah so for like for example whenever you are in like a depressive state it's so hard because there's so much going on in your head and you have to just kind of sit there and then like I said you have two options you can either a let it kill you or B you can continue going and so what I would what I do personally is I will try to look for something positive Mm. oh the birds are chirping well that's something positive oh the Sun is shining today that's positive Oh, look, my friend is talking to me today. That's a positive. Like, just little things like that. Because showing gratitude towards those things will start to shift your mindset little by little. Whereas if you're looking at it negatively, oh, nobody likes me. Nobody's talking to me. Nobody's doing this. Oh, it's so dark outside today. Like, you know, just focusing on the negative, you're going to go down that negative mindset. Whereas if you're showing gratitude towards stuff, oh, I'm thankful for this. I'm thankful for that. You're going to go up a little bit more. And it's not super easy, but it's it, you have to train your mind to do it. Mm. So I can definitely see it being a task. But you, so what you're saying is appreciate the little things. Yeah, no literally. No matter how minute they are, find them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, literally. Like, it's, it's so easy, especially with today's society and everything going on because 2020 sucks. Um, it's so easy to think about the negative oh, the coronavirus is happening, this is happening, there's riots happening, there's so much dysfunction happening. It's so easy to look at all of that because that's the big picture. But what I did to kind of help me, because I was so focused on all of that and it was freaking me out and getting me really just like anxious, what I did was I withdrew myself from that. Mm-hmm. Um, I did deactivated my Facebook. And was this positive for you? Yes, like I had to cut it off. 
Okay. I was like, I gotta withdraw myself from everything going on right now. I'm sure, it's ignorance, but what were you gonna say? I was, I'm so out of the loop. Uh, the last three to four guests I've had talk about, I've had to step away from social media, and I'm just over here <laughs> DMing, you know what I'm saying? I mean, yeah, I just like withdrew myself from it because I was just like, I can't keep focusing on all of this stuff going on because I'm too scared to leave my house now. I'm too scared to do this. And I didn't want to live like that. I didn't want to live in that fear. Sure, you know, you have to take your precautions right now with everything going on with the virus and whatnot. But don't let the fear cripple you. You know what I mean? Like, I was I was letting it cripple me to the point I wasn't able to leave my house without freaking out. And so, like I said, I withdrew myself. And I'm sure other people have also withdrawn themselves right now. And I was more so focusing on positive stuff. So I once I withdrew myself, I felt a weight just get lifted off of me. It's like literally, it just felt like all of the negative was just lifted off of me, but it was still kind of there a little bit. So I started focusing on like I would go on Pinterest or something and start focusing on like gardening and stuff like that. Mm. Start focusing on crafts more, focusing on stuff to turn that energy into something positive. You know what I mean? So it's a lot of and it's not that easy for some people. Some people, they just aren't able to do what I'm able to do. You know what I mean? Um, so what I always used to say, and I used to say this at Alorica, is don't hold yourself to somebody else's standard. Mm. I, I think I told you that on your first week there. Um, I told you, I told a few others because everyone's freaking out. They're like, I don't know what I'm doing right now. I was like, don't hold yourself to somebody else's standard. Just because somebody else is learning faster doesn't mean that you aren't going to learn. Everybody learns at different paces. Everybody goes through stuff at different paces. You can apply that to real life. Everybody goes through things at their own pace. You can't rush healing. You can't rush positivity. I mean, you can make the little changes throughout your day to think more positive, but you can't rush that shit because otherwise it's just going to crash back down. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. How do you take your days, Bethany? Uh, do you live life day to day, minute by minute? Do you live? Uh, do you plan ahead? Do you? What do you? What do you? How's your brain work? So it's very complex. Um, mm-hmm. it, like I said, it varies day to day. Um, I have a problem with living in the past. Okay. That's my problem, because I it's it's mostly the PTSD for me because of everything that I've gone through, the trauma that I carry, and also just grief that I carry. I tend to live in the past. But I'm breaking myself of that slowly to where I can start focusing more on the present and start focusing on setting goals and stuff like that. Because if you're living in the past, you're not seeing what's happening right in front of you. You're not being able to appreciate what you have right in front of you. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I don't have like a routine, like a set routine of things, really. I mean, I kind of just get up whenever I get up and then... You think a routine's important? Important? Why do I say it like that? (laughs) Important. I think it could be important for some people, yeah. Mm. Having a routine, um, it can kind of give them that that feeling of safety. I'm a man that's very into routine. Mm -hmm. Uh, Be that I wake up, work out, whatever the fuck else I have Mm -hmm. planned for that day. Yeah. But I imagine some people may feel trapped by a routine, Mm -hmm. uh, so it might not work for them. Uh, Some people, yeah. Like, for me personally, I've tried to do routines before, where I get up and I'll go eat breakfast, I'll go do this and go do that, like time schedule. But also, I'm so chaotic that I just can't do it. Like, it just feels uncomfortable for me because I'm the type of person where 
And even whenever I was working full time, I would get up 30 minutes before I had to be at work. I'd get up, brush my hair, get ready, brush my teeth, run out the door, get ready and go to work. And I'd still be waking up by the time I get to work. But it worked for me. Mm. I mean, sure, some people might not see that as like, oh, that's healthy or whatever. And sure, it might not be super healthy to do that, but it's what was working for me at the time to help me get through it, if that makes sense. Definitely. I mean, I because I was still getting enough sleep and stuff. I was still taking care of myself. It's just I was so time crunched. You were good. Though. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It worked for you. Yeah. And then as long as you aren't hurting yourself or hurting other people, if it works for you, it works for you. Right. What works for you might not work for, or what works for me not, might not work for you. What works for you might not work for somebody else. Everybody's own personal way is different. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? That's completely fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, I keep talking to everybody uh, that comes on to my show about meditation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I love how everybody, I mean, that I've discussed it with that does meditate, they all have their own way to do it. You know what I'm saying? There's not one right way to live your life. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And to find enlightenment or happiness or peace or whatever the hell you want to call it. Uh, sanity for the day. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's not one way. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We're, we're all different as fuck uh that's a great segue into one of the topics i wanted to talk about though actually um that's my job yeah (laughs) um bear in mind i don't know what the topic is but (laughs) as i'm trying to build myself up but yeah so i've heard you talk about it with other people like gavin and chris and alicia and a few others shouts out yeah, we were all working together, so, you know. All cool. Alorica is like a melting pot of pretty unique <laughs> of people. people. Shouts out to the call center life. For real. Um, but, yeah, so I've heard you talk about it with them. And it's been something that I've been kind of, like, heavy believer of for a while now is spirituality. Okay. I'm not religious, but I am very spiritual. Thank you for taking it down this path because this is uh, <laughs> just personally uh, – Friend to friend, this is stuff that I've wanted to journey into mm-hmm. with you. Tell me about your spirituality. Tell me about so, your life. So yeah, so with so where my spiritual journey, I'm gonna kind of give a little bit ba- a little background with it. Do you think? So I was raised a Mormon. Really? Yes. What? You wouldn't ever guess it. A Mormon. I was a Mormon whenever I was growing up. My mom and my dad um, and my brother and I, we would all go to church every Sunday. Um, I was raised by the morals. I was raised all of that. Like I was Mormon whenever I was growing up, got baptized into the church whenever I was eight, used to go on the youth trips, used to do all of that. But whenever I turned like 12 or 13, Mm -hmm. something just kind of didn't sit right with me. I was like, okay. And I'm not, I'm not bashing the religion by any means. If If it works for them, it works for them. I keep saying that I feel, uh, I stole this from a monk, so as I say this, I keep talking like it's mine. <laughs> mm-hmm. Literally any information that I quote back is something that I've stole. I'm a lame. Did I'm you not like that? A <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, religion is one's blueprint mm-hmm. to enlightenment. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Whatever the fuck that path may be. I'm going to grab a hoodie and keep talking. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. But yeah, so like I said, if it works for somebody else, that's what works for them. Uh, but for me personally, I just started questioning it at a very young age. I was just like, something isn't seeming right to me right now. Like, something about this just doesn't feel like the truth to me. Because I feel like, um, before I kind of journey into it more, um, there was something that I said to somebody. I can't remember if it was a quote that I heard or if it was just something that I kind of made up on the spot or whatever. But uh, my my belief is whatever you believe in religiously or spiritually or whatever is how it's going to end up for you. Mm. So people who, um, like, 
are spiritual like me, whatever they believe is going to happen in the afterlife is what's going to happen. So are you saying in the sense of uh, the path that you choose to believe is true is what exists you create in your, own your truth. realm? You create your own truth. Mm. You manifest it. Like Literally. That. You create your own truth. And so... Um, that is, so I saw a TikTok now that I think about it, where this girl kind of hit it on, like she hit the nail on the head. And I was like, that is exactly what I think. Um, she basically explained that you can worship the Christian God and that's the God you're going to go to. You can worship the Greek gods. You're going to go to whichever one you want to go to. Like, you know, it's kind of like, there's not just one right way of doing it. People who are Buddhists, they're going to go to Buddha, or however that works. I don't really know. I'm sorry, I'm ignorant about that, Good. but, <laughs> like... I think with Buddha, they find enlightenment, and that's the, mm-hmm. that's the thing. That's like, whatever whatever you study, that's what you're going to mm-hmm. do, because that's just my belief on it, at least, is you can, you can, you know, be a Christian and think you're going to go to heaven, and if you think you're going to go to heaven, you're going to go to heaven, if you think that you're going to go to hell for some reason, you're going to go to hell. Like, if you if you worship this, like, you know, you, you create your own truth. You manifest your own truth. And so whenever I started realizing, um, I was at a young age, I was very pressured to go to the church, though. I felt like I couldn't necessarily be myself because of my parents and everything like that. Even to this day, I necessarily don't really talk about it with them. It's kind of like a big five type of thing. I'm like just not going to discuss it with them. And so, um, whenever I turned 19, um, I was going through a lot of stuff. I was, I had dropped out of school twice. I had ran away from home, um, had just come back home, had just re-enrolled myself into school, finally graduated, whatever. But around that time, I was just going through really bad. Life hit me like a truck. And then I ended up getting in an abusive relationship. I moved in with this guy. I was in the relationship with him for about a year. Um, And in the span of that, my grandma died. My last living grandparent, she ended up dying. Mm. And it was very hard for me. Like, it hit me very, very hard. And I wasn't necessarily allowed to grieve around him because he just, it was how he was. He, He didn't like the emotions that I was showing. So, you know, I'd go lock myself in the bathroom, go cry about it, whatever get it out but as I was doing that this is this is what happened to me personally and I might sound crazy to some people but it's my truth um and so I remember I kept saying like out loud I was just like I wish I could have one more conversation with her if I could have one more conversation with her because she had Alzheimer's so I didn't go see her whenever she was in the hospital because I just couldn't bear to see her like that you know she wouldn't know who I was or anything like that and it was just too painful for me to bear So I kept saying, I wish I had one more conversation with her. And as I kept saying that, you know, whatever, I went to bed that night and I had a dream that her and I were sitting on my front porch and it felt very real. And she looked in her, in her younger years, how I remember her as she looked healthy. She looked, you know, like she was doing good. Um, and she basically told me that she forgave me for everything. It wasn't my fault. She was proud of me. She'll be with me, whatever. We had that conversation on my front porch at my parents' house. And I was just kind of like, okay, like, I woke up and I just felt at peace. That's where you found it. You got to have that final conversation to a Mm -hmm. degree. Yeah, I had that final conversation with her. And I was like, I just woke up and I was like, oh my gosh, like, this just happened. I just had a conversation with her. Um, 
And I kind of looked into it more, and it's a visitation dream is what they call it. Um, I don't really know the roots of where that comes from, but they call them visitation dreams. As in the spirit came to visit you. Mm-hmm. The spirit mm-hmm. came to visit you because you're whenever you're dreaming, you're vulnerable to that stuff. You're able to perceive, you know what I mean? Like you're, It's a different perception of everything. And so it's kind of like they came into your dream to discuss it with you. And then you wake up and you retain that knowledge. And so um, I realized I had that visitation dream with her. And I was kind of questioning my faith around that time because I was grieving. I wanted comfort. And a lot of people find comfort in religion and spirituality. It's, mm-hmm. a, it's more of a comfort type of thing. And so I was trying to find comfort. And I remember I went back to the Mormon church. And I was trying my best to study the scriptures, trying my best to, like, believe it. But no matter how hard I tried to believe it, I just couldn't do it. Something just wasn't sitting right with me. It didn't feel like the truth to me. Because I don't know if you know anything about the Mormon religion or anything, but it's like you can't drink coffee, you can't drink tea, um, you can't be yourself, essentially. Like, you aren't allowed to have tattoos, you can't have piercings, like... Um, you have to dress a certain way. It's not like, like it's, it's the whole thing. And I just was like, if I'm, and this even applies to the Christian religion. Like, I'm not trying to bash it, but like, this is just how I feel. Why would I get punished for being myself? Right. Why should I be punished for who I am? That doesn't make sense. So that's when I was just kind of like, okay, this isn't working out for me. What's my next step? And that's whenever I kind of started having, like, an awakening or whatever, where I was like, okay, well, let's start delving into different topics here. Um, So I started studying, like, spirituality a little bit. I was like, well, let's figure out a little bit more about spirituality. How'd you look into it? Was there books? Uh, uh, I Googled. (laughs) I Googled a lot. And you just typed in spirituality? um, I would, like, type in just random things. So I would just be like, what does this mean? What does it mean if I see this, like, a sign or something? Mm. Like, um, what does it mean if I see... Um, like my, my relative in my dream or whatever, just mm. stuff like that. That's where it kind of began for me personally. Um, and it's not an easy road at all. It's pretty painful. There's whenever. a lot of truths out there. It's Yeah, it's pretty painful, and it can be very overwhelming because there's so much that you have to kind of delve into to mm. finally understand. Um, but, yeah, so I finally ended up leaving my ex and everything later on, um, and I started kind of, like, I, this was pre-Alorca. So once I started working at Alorca, because I had not been working for about three months, kind of gave myself time to recover from the relationship that I was in and everything. How old are you now? I'm 22. 22. Oh, I'm about to be 23 in March. Okay. Yeah. So um, whenever I started working at Alorca, I felt kind of at home in a sense. Like, you probably can relate. I'm sure other people can relate. It's a very accepted or acceptance-filled place. Like, uh, you go there and everybody fucks with you. You Yeah. It's very comfortable. And, like, I I started out just like every agent did. I was very, like, oh, my gosh. Like, me, who I am now, is completely different from who I was two years ago. Completely different. Mm. I mean, not, like, I'm still me, but, you know, like, I've... You've grown. I've grown as a person. I've grown spiritually. I've grown, you know... So I started working at Alorca. I met Phil. I met Nick. I met, we had our little circle and training, whatever. Um, and I felt like they were really a support group for me as well because I was still recovering from the abuse and I was still recovering from everything. Um, but Phil, especially, I'm giving him like a shout out kind of 
he especially was very good about making sure that I didn't feel alone. Um, cause we bonded over art at first, but then we started bonding over other stuff and he made sure that I just didn't feel alone. And so he's a sweetheart. Mm -hmm. He said he's coming to the show. Oh, good. <laughs> he needs to talk cause he has some good stuff to talk about. It's cause of you and Alicia. <laughs> I think. Did you reach out to him? Yeah. I was yeah, like, you need to talk on Sean's show. But yeah. So, um, I kind of had that support system around there, whatever. And that's whenever I started to feel more comfortable with myself. Mm. I started feeling more accepted of myself. I was like, okay, well, I'm allowed to be who I want to be. I'm allowed to, you know, because I, because whenever I was in the abusive relationship, I lost myself. I lost who I was because it. Whenever you're abused, you know, you lose yourself because that stuff takes a toll. Yeah. On who you are. And so whenever I started, kind of realizing, um, my friend Jacob, he ended up passing away in January of, I think it was. 2018 he took his life and it was a very 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 heavy thing for me I was still working at Alorca I had been on production for about a month or two but I was like broken at that point because it was just whenever you lose somebody that way especially somebody you're very close to it's heartbreaking you know and so whenever that happened I just kind of like <laughs> this is gonna sound kind of silly but like a sixth sense sixth sense sense sixth since mm -hmm. opened up for me kind of um because i was like asking for signs like you know if you're still around me let me know show like show me you're still here and so i would hear like i'd be sitting in my living room just chilling whatever and all of a sudden i hear one of my nephew's toys start to go off and i'm like what the fuck like <laughs> this toy is going off on its own this is weird and i would see you know the toy going off and then as soon as i would look at it it would stop and it stopped completely and I would just kind of feel his energy and I'd be like okay he just passed through to let me know he's still here I would hear a song that reminded me of him that had not been on the radio for years and I was like okay like he's passing through he's showing me these little signs whatever um I remember at one point last year I was recording for YouTube whenever I was doing that and I was talking about him actually um I was talking about him and as soon as I started talking about him, an orb passed through. Mm. So it's little things like that. Um, that's where I kind of started realizing, okay, there's something bigger out here. This is, there's such a big realm for all of this stuff. It's not just cut and dry. It's, there's such a big, like, you know, that's kind of what started me waking up to spirituality and everything. So then I started looking more into meditation. Mm. I started looking more into like the astral plane. I don't know if you know anything about that. Tell me about it. Um, the astral plane is basically kind of where, like, I'm not going to explain this. I'm not going to do it justice. But do it to, to your degree. It, from my understanding, because I'm still researching it. Mm -hmm. From my understanding, the astral plane is kind of where your soul, like, can go. And you can connect with other, like, souls and, like, entities and stuff like that. Is it like the, uh, the middle, the middle world? Kind of. In a sense, yeah. So it's, it's, like I said, I'm not going to do this justice, but it's like, you know, they, they, there's a thing called astral projecting. And essentially it's where you fall asleep, but you're not asleep, if that makes sense. So it's kind of like, I guess you could compare it to meditating in a sense. Um... But you, whenever you finally, your soul kind of journeys up to the astral plane, you can, like, there's all kinds of stuff. I've never done it personally, so I can't really explain it that well. But the people that have done it explained it as an experience where they were able to 
see other things. Like, I, they were like, it's a different experience of the astral plane. And so, um, if you're curious about it, definitely look it up. I'm not going to do it justice because I'm not super educated on it. That's all right. But. <laughs> all I ask is to explain to you. Yeah. And, and so, and so they've even said like, they, they've met up with people that they know are random strangers in the astral plane because they're also in the astral plane. So like, for instance, if we both astral projected, we could meet up in the astral plane and we would be aware of it. Like, it's That's like crazy. that. Yeah, it's like that. There's a whole thing to it. Um, but I've, I'm a firm believer of, like, energy and stuff like that. So with my spirituality, personally, I don't do witchcraft or anything like that. Um, I think it's fascinating. I think witchcraft is very fascinating. But I just haven't delved into it. Like, I've tried to look into, like, paganism and, like, Wicca and stuff like that. I just, my brain can't consume all of that knowledge right now mm. and so for me personally though my spirituality is is solely based around energies so my energy my vibrations might be something different i you've mentioned before if somebody has bad energy get out get out get away with your bad energy Gotta remove. yeah and um, so it's super important for me to protect my energy make sure that my energy is not getting affected by other people i understand there's energy vampires out there man that's what we call them <laughs> they're just draining they will drain you if they realize your energy and they want it they're gonna try to take it from you and they could not even necessarily know they want it you know what mm -hmm. i mean but they, they're carrying certain energies that mm -hmm. feed off of your positivity you know i, what I mean? just realized a couple days ago that i had an occurrence with one about a year ago and like I was talking with this person because I wanted spiritual guidance from this person. And as I was talking with them, I realized I was like, something isn't right. I was like, they're trying to drain me right now. I can feel it because they, their energy was strong, but it was bad, very bad. It just had not a good feel to it. And the way they were talking also was kind of like they were asking me open-ended questions to get me to express my energy like you know kind of just give them my energy towards stuff mm. and so i was like this isn't right something about this isn't right and they realized that i caught on to it at some point and they backed out of the conversation and i ended up blocking them i was like i'm not dealing with this because they just tried to drain me i've had other people try to drain me i've had people successfully drain me of my energy it's scary isn't it yeah because you're just like what just happened like you feel so heavy so drained whenever it happens and so whenever like i don't know i've gotten really careful about my energy and protecting it if something if someone's energy and i come in contact with them and something just doesn't feel right my intuition instantly goes off i feel it i'm like no get away from me i don't want to associate with this person you got to be careful it's dangerous out here with the discussion of uh energies and you know i mean how they can be drained just it is very dangerous. Mm -hmm. good. As you say, you got to watch. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? You got to be mindful of those you let around you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah. Like, um, so for me, my spirituality is solely based off of energies and stuff. And so I make sure that I have a good circle around me. I make sure that everybody is pretty much around the same vibration as me. I have to make sure that they are because if they're draining me, I'm like, no, get away from me. So I, I kind of try to keep my circle small mm. and make sure that they have the same, you know, understanding, if that mm. makes sense. And so um, also whenever you like are talking with people and stuff, you can kind of like read their energies. You can kind of sense like if they're having a bad energy. Maybe that's just because I'm an empath or whatever, but like 
I'm sensitive to other people's energy. I mean, I definitely feel like even if you pay close enough to attention to the things they discuss, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? People that have negative energies often talk about what? Negative things, you know what I mean? Yeah. Or things that lack of substance. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Or and if they have substance, it's it's negative substance. It's yeah. not a substance you matter you wanna you wanna digest into your own self. You know yeah. What I mean? So like it's super important to just protect that. And meditating is a very good way to kind of find your energy, restore it, whatever. It's a very good way of doing that. And as you mentioned before, meditating can help people out with certain stuff because you're kind of finding your center. You're restoring yourself essentially. Um, and then also like chakras. I've heard you mention chakras a few times. I've been studying chakras for a couple months now. I have a very small understanding. I have a Naruto understanding of chakras. <laughs> but I do enjoy the conversation <laughs> of chakras. So for me, um, I'm still studying chakras right now, but it's my one of my main focuses. What Did you listen to the you listen to the Chris and Gavin uh -huh. episode? You heard about uh, yeah. Gavin discovered chakras? Yeah. Anyway. The root chakra. This guy. Anyway, go ahead. I was rolling whenever he was saying that. I was rolling on the floor, basically. I've learned so much about you guys by doing this mm -hmm. podcast. Like, this platform has allowed, uh, I don't know, you guys to just let water yeah. down. I just learned so <laughs> Just what? Okay. You're learning so much. It's <laughs> a lot. Go but ahead. yeah, so, like, I've been studying and everything, so I'm still kind of new to it, but it's one of my main focuses right now, because I'm not working, I'm not in school, so what am I going to do? I'm going to go study random shit. That's building so, yourself, though. Yeah, right? and it's beneficial for me and mm -hmm. others, because I can kind of relay that information to others. Um, but for me, you have seven chakras. I don't know the names of all of them, but the ones Sorry. that I'm working on personally are my heart chakra, my sacral chakra, and my throat chakra. Throat is more for communication, learning how to okay. communicate better, learning how to kind of get your shit out there, you know? Speak your truth, communicate better. Which I feel is very important for a person like you. Uh, as you said, I mean, you, you, you struggle through... Uh, I mean, just... You, you find guilt sometimes in your conversations mm -hmm. with people, so I feel like that's beautiful, the fact mm -hmm. that you're working on your throat chakra and your communication. Mm -hmm. Anyway, go ahead. Um, sacral is more, so it's kind of like creativity, um, and this is my understanding of it at least, so I, I could be wrong, but it's like your creativity and also it's also like sexual stuff, So, but I'm more so focusing on it for creativity purposes because I kind of lost that. Um, and then also for your heart chakra, kind of self-explanatory, it's like love and positive, like I view the heart chakra as one of the most important ones because it's your love, your, you know, if your heart chakra is damaged, you're going to be very sensitive to love. You're going to hurt a lot. And so whenever you're working on it, you're kind of building yourself up to where you can accept the love. You can give love. You can kind of love more essentially, you know? Mm. And so um, I'll meditate on it. I'll be like, this is because there's different frequencies that you can buy. Like, um, I'll look up heart chakra meditation and like I'll listen to the 693 hertz or 639. It's something like that. It's a vibration that you listen to. I'll show it to you later. But it's a I've vibration. I've heard a little bit about how these vibrations can, you know. And you can feel it. Mm -hmm. Whenever you really start focusing on it, you can feel it. And you can feel it kind of working on it. But you also have to think of it positively. And so, like, for instance, I'm sure you've heard, like, whenever people meditate and they're like, oh. Mm. Um, is that one of the frequencies? Is that what they're trying to... Kind of. So that's more related, and, and I could be wrong, but this is what I remember. It's related to your third eye chakra. Mm -hmm. And so whenever you're saying, oh, you're kind of activating it and working on it. 
Um, whereas like for your sacral, you're saying bomb. <laughs> like there's, there's just like really? different. Yeah. There's literally different frequencies. It's a whole thing. So there's words, like not necessarily words, but certain frequencies that you kind of give out, vibrations mm. that you give out with it. And as you're working on them, you like, because if it's damaged or whatever the term is, it you can feel it. And once you start working on it and repairing it, you can feel the difference in that, you know? Mm. And so then there's like a whole other thing with chakras where like you deactivate them or activate them or whatever, but I don't know anything about that. So I'm not even going to delve into it. But yeah, um, so... That's basically like my spirituality, essentially. Um, there's more to it, but I just don't want to like put it out there, you know. Um, but yeah, that's kind of like the basis of it is like energies, chakras, auras, like stuff like that. Is there a reason you don't want to put it out there? Just to protect my energy. <laughs> that's what I thought, but I got it. It's all good. <laughs> all right, so here we are. We're sitting. We got three minutes. Uh, I got time. <laughs> okay, uh, we're definitely going to uh, do a part two, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so. I'm going to go ahead and wrap this episode. Uh, you already know what it is. With all due respect, and if y'all don't like it, you know what I mean? Fuck you. Mm. I love <laughs> when y'all know what the fuck the ticket is. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know why we do that? Why? So the show was made uh, by me and my boy, the black John Travolta himself, mm -hmm. Frederick Miles. Uh, and we've been uh, censored on some of our older podcasts. Uh, we've done podcasts for a good minute. Mm -hmm. uh, had teams come in and they'd be like, you can talk about this, but you can't talk about this type <laughs> shit. This show is made for people to come and express their truth mm -hmm. to the highest degree, to their understanding, whatever the fuck that may be, within politics, religion, hentai, I don't give a fuck what they <laughs> But they come here, they can talk about whatever they want, and with all due respect, the world don't like it. You know what I mean? Fuck you. And that's what that is. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that's all that is. But uh, yeah, yeah. Tune in for part two of the Bethany episode coming at you uh, hey. soon. I want to do radio so bad. It'd be cool. Uh, I can see you doing radio. I've got some ideas of some things I'm going to do with this platform because I got three minutes. So that's why I'm bullshitting. Yeah, it's you know all good. <laughs> Something I want to do is... Uh, when I get the studio and everything built up, mm -hmm. I'm going to try to make my own pre-recorded, like, uh, radio sessions. And so what I'll do is, like, open it up, you know what I mean? Like, it's your man, Castro, blah, blah, <laughs> coming at you, talk for a good two, three minutes, and then I'm be like, all right, I'm going to go ahead and play you something from whatever. Mm -hmm. Insert song. You know what I'm saying? Song plays. Yeah, back, that'd be cool. Hey, yo, 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 you know what I mean? On that short break, you know, this is going on, and this happened. And yeah. <laughs> insert song. And I just think it'd be so smooth, because I could play, like, Whatever the fuck I want. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Not shit that you have to hear on the radio. Not shit that I could have. Just whatever you want. Anything. <laughs> from any genre. Whatever you're vibing with at you that time. You know what time. I'm saying? Yeah. And I don't even have to play music. Like, I can play music and insert a speech. Mm -hmm. Or just whatever the fuck I feel like doing. You know yeah. what I mean? And I just think it'd be underground. Uh, what do you kids say? It'd be punk. You know what I mean? Really, <laughs> really fucking indie. Alternative. It'd be so alternative, though. <laughs> Tell me that's not... It would be cool though. It would give people fire. like a safe place to kind of go to. I feel like it'd you be like can a call safe... in. Fucking suggest a <laughs> yeah. trip. You know what I mean? That'd be cool. Anyway, don't steal my ideas. <laughs> we'll fight you. <laughs> Peace.